0: The battlefield of the future requires the solutions of the future. That's why the world's leading defense, intelligence, and speculative fiction event logistics experts turn to Raytheon. We provide unmatched tactical advantage and full-spectrum strategic dominance to the warfighter and event volunteer of tomorrow. Whether your theater of operations is domestic, overseas, or the award show red carpet and dealer room, you can count on Raytheon recipient of the Land Warfare Institute's Lifetime Achievement Award and the 2021 Hugo Award for Best semi Zine. Raytheon Conference Solutions, the defense technologies of tomorrow for the literature of tomorrow, today.
1: Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This, of course, is Carlo, and joining me today is none other than Kurt.
0: Hi, Kurt. Uh, hi there. This is uh, this is Tactical Campaign Ops checking in. We're five All by right. five in the pipe. Oh, good. <laughs> Oof. good we to have strategically have you. ascertained that the uh, the red carpet line is uh, is is in excess capacity, uh, and uh, we are, we are prepared to uh, terminate it to a to a permanent end. Oh, excellent.
1: Uh, so how many, um, how many targets have you neutralized in that photo booth? Uh, this is the secondary um, uh, station of photo booth. Am I correct?
0: I don't have a we don't, we don't have a final tally at this time, uh, nor would we uh, release that uh, to the public for uh, well, psychological concerns. Oh, yes. Yes, of course.
1: <laughs> shock and awe, but uh, also
0: <laughs> shock and awe yeah. and discretion. Are yes, the watch worse?
1: Um, the shock and all only happened on the red carpet. Um, anyway, so uh uh, if you haven't figured it out, we're going to be uh, perhaps eating a little crow in our uh, Hugo predictions because we're going back to it, folks. <laughs> we, we, we did a we pretty thought- bad
0: job, actually. I was I was reviewing it earlier. We didn't do a great job of our predictions. I, I meant
1: to write down all our predictions and I was like, God damn it, I forgot. Uh, I know that uh, I did get Novelette right. Uh, even though I wished for one to win, uh, I actually said the one that did win. Uh, I don't remember if anything else was correct.
0: Uh, um there were a couple there were a couple that were correct i think we got um i believe that we got editor uh collect correct because i think that we uh, we we got we did pick beowulf i believe um, you did we, you,
1: you picked beowulf yep and uh, I, believe, I remember
0: we we picked parable of the sower for the graphic novel and we got that correct uh did we oh okay i did anyway because, okay because okay. i figured i it, did yeah
1: Yeah. I do think that Chris had uh, mentioned uh, Ellen Datlow as being the editor that would win. Yes. Uh, Good kudos for Chris. Uh, He gets some, some pod bucks uh, (laughs) only, only redeemable at your local pod side picnic, uh, the podcasting recording studio for one more visit. Um, Anyway, uh, I I was just uh, I don't know what podside bucks are, but uh, I guess now we got to get into them. You can redeem um, them in the
0: lounge. In the
1: lounge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, so why don't we get into it? Because uh, we ended up uh, – we, we, we just ended up, like, going in-depth on the short fiction, mm-hmm. but then sort of did a, a really quick run through, like, novelette, novella. And novel, I – um uh, we didn't get into best series like, uh, well, uh, in our retrospective that we're going to be talking about today, just for full disclosure, we did not talk about the series. Um, we did mention related work. We're not going to get into that. There's way too much stuff to get into. We're probably going to just concentrate on short fiction, like the 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 short story, uh, no- novelette, novella, and novel. Best
0: and best sponsor.
1: And Best Sponsor. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. For a given value of best, let's yes. say. Um, Car- so, Carlo, you were, I mean, you were physically present of the two of us. I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What, you know, di- w- did you have any thoughts from from being on the ground that are worth uh, sharing?
1: I mean, uh, basically, uh, I went there uh, for Friday only. I-, I was remote on uh I believe Thursday I had a panel that was remote. So I did that from the comfort of my own home. Um, but then Friday I, I did go down uh, to uh, the DC, the, the Omni Shoreham uh, Hotel and blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, and uh, it's, it's an old hotel. Uh, it was The con is very spread out. So uh there were some concerns about you know regarding accessibility because of how spread out everything was it was completely a maze <laughs> not amazing a maze <laughs> yes <laughs> uh it's very difficult to find like even the dealers room uh where uh, supposedly um there was a booth with uh, recruiting materials <laughs> for a certain sponsor uh <laughs> not tour.com in fact <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, That was uh, apparently it was a sort of a a corner of uh, the the parking garage that was retrofitted. (laughs) It was a
0: low low profile operation.
1: Yes, yes. So so what I'm getting at is that. um, uh, Speaking of that certain sponsor that we've alluded to, uh, I did not see any, you know, hide nor hair of them. I wasn't like looking for it either, but I do know that. Now, now we do know that it was on like the tab for their sponsors or whatever, and possibly on the, uh, the, the programs, which I did not pick up one because I was like super late, uh, yeah. getting to my panel on Friday. So I, I didn't really pick it up. Like I didn't pick up on that. And it, only after I got back home that I was like already, you know, sort of comfy, you know, I was just getting chilling at <laughs> home. I started <laughs> seeing the stuff showing up on the Twitter feed and you're like,
0: wait, I- what? Huh? So so I I would really love uh, to uh, but you know what before we go into that was is there is there anything else it, just was there anything else just worth talking I, I mean how was your panel it it sounded cool I wish that I mean, these things were were you know like posted after the fact cuz it it sounded really cool it was it yeah, was a really I mean, it, it was a nice lineup too you you had a you yeah, had yeah. some you had I uh, had
1: um uh it, it was um shit I had Ada Palmer I am going to forget one of the panelists, and I am very sorry about that, but uh, uh, Cherie Renee Thomas, who is the current editor mm-hmm. of Fantasy uh, Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction, was there. Andrea Hairston was on there, who is a, a noted playwright and uh, fiction author. Uh, most lately, I think she wrote a book called Master of Poisons. Um and uh, he, and then I'm sitting at the end, thinking, <laughs> I, I am completely outclassed here, aren't I? I was like, yeah, I, I lived in a place that was that experienced colonialism. I, I've never studied it in depth.
0: <laughs> but it was but, on. Uh, but wait, so so I, I thought the I thought your panel was on reviewing, or was it on colonialism and fiction?
1: So so the the one on Thursday was reviewing, which was oh. actually that one went rather well. Um, and I do think that, you know, like I, I tried to pose some, some sort of challenging questions. Not, you know, I wasn't trying to be combative or anything of the sort, but, you know. You weren't,
0: you weren't dropping bombs, as it may be. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, you know, I had some, some good ammunition, but I wasn't dropping bombs, yes. Um, but, but, you know, I do think that everyone availed them, availed themselves rather well in that panel and uh and then the the one that I was physically at on on Friday was hidden history uh how i forget what the full title gotcha. name is so basically you know how you you turn hidden history into you know fiction or whatever and uh and that one was like you know I'm surrounded by a a bunch of people that are, are super super scholar you know have some scholarly uh chops to them. And I'm sitting there going like, well, yeah, I wrote a story, and uh, <laughs> I know a little bit about Puerto Rico. Uh, if that helps, um, you, I know. I'll
0: I'll tell you as as someone who has been on panels for which he is not especially qualified to be there. You know the keys, which I suspect you already know, or are, are you know don't. Uh, don't interrupt Make someone making a more salient point to say something <laughs> stupid, which is something that I always have to struggle with. I may be doing it right now. This this may itself be a teachable moment. And then also just pro- project a, a, a borderline psychotic Patrick Bateman-like low-key charisma. You, you don't want to go all the way Patrick Bateman, but you want a little piece of Patrick Bateman in the back of your head being like, I'm important. I'm supposed to be here. Uh, I'm the vice president of uh, mergers and acquisitions slash murders and executions, (laughs) depending upon uh, whether you're taking the subjective or the objective read on, on the novel.
1: Exactly right. Um, No, I, I I do think that uh, the fact that I was aware that I was probably not um, perhaps as studied as a couple of the people on the panel uh, helped me keep myself humble and not, jump in to try to correct anyone or say anything mm-hmm. or anything of the sort. Yes. So anyway, so, but, so, but- so
0: speaking of humble and speaking of humility, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I guess, I guess the, the thing that we've been joking about is, uh, apparently, uh, us defense contractor Raytheon was the sponsor of, <laughs> of the 2021 Hugo awards, um, and, uh, this was announced, or at least it, it came, it, this was, this was a real fucking churlish move. I have to say they, uh, which, which, um, it, I, I think it was like, it was like right after maybe the like best adapted work announcement on their Twitter account. They were like, and a big thank you to, uh, our red carpets, sp- our, our red carpet sponsor Raytheon <laughs> Technologies. Well, uh- I
1: think if I'm, rem- if I'm understanding correctly, because I wasn't at the ceremony, I, I, wasn't going to be uh, enclosed with all that, all those people there, <laughs> even with masks. I, I, I sorry. I also, I, 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 yeah, I, I wasn't there for any awards, so it's fine. Uh, anyway, the point being that I, I think that they even said it like the MCs were forced to say it. <laughs> They're in, in the ceremony and also closing. And I'll, I'll say this, um, and, and perhaps, this is part of uh, the defensiveness we've seen from a couple of noted people <laughs> de- is that the MCs that were hosting the ceremony were none other than Sheree Renee Thomas and Andrea Hairston, who I don't know how they felt about it, but I'm pretty sure that they did. They could not have been been feeling too good about. I that. don't
0: imagine they were happy with it. L- so, so, so. I want to say up front, Look, I I think of myself as someone who has a strong moral compass, but sometimes in the moment, uh, when I when it's like a high pressure scenario, certainly if I was emceeing something, I mm-hmm. I don't know that I would that. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that I would have you know the 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 guts to be like fuck these people, just do it like right in the middle of of the ceremony, like like unilaterally. I'd like to think that I would, but to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, I, I'm I'm not necessarily someone who's always decisive in the moment. So I I personally am not going to come down on on anyone for not, you know, standing up and walking out of the room. Again, I'd like to think that I would, but, mm-hmm. you, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I feel like in the moment I, I, I would be like, how confident am I of this versus how confident am I of being a pain in the ass? And, and, and so, you know, I care a lot more about what people said, you know, like, uh, you know, in the next couple hours or the next day, as they had a moment to like think and, and you know, and, and to be to be perfectly honest, to read the room, you know, there's certainly something to be said for for you know not having spine in the moment and getting a little bit of spine a few hours afterwards. I I I'm personally fairly forgiving of that, but this was clearly a well for other people making the decision to have to arrange this particular sponsorship, them, them, I, I, I grant no quarter to, um, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, I mean, I, and, and I, I, you know, depending on what, what moment of the day you catch me on and how glib I'm feeling, you know, I, I may, uh, and, and I, I, I made no, no bones about it. You know, you could have at least one of the people could have, and don't get me wrong. Let me back that up just briefly because I understand everyone's been quarantined. This is the first in-person con where everyone, you know, right on, right as Omicron is actually starting up, you know, sort of, it's too late. There's a lot of people that backed out at the last minute and so on and so forth. So, you know, whoever's there, they already sort of are bought into it, right? They they want to go. Um, and, and it's possibly, you know whatever you may think about, uh, you know, people that go to cons all the time and the, the crowd that, that frequents cons, um, you know, if you are there, I'm generally thinking that you want to go there and have a fun time and hang out with your buddies and and so on and so forth. And part of that may end up being just, you know, you want to show off the, the wacky, you know, dress or suit or whatever, you know, Uh, amazing, uh, you know, costume that you, you, you sewed yourself or purchased or whatever so that other people can check it out. Right. And I get it. That's all, it's all sort of part and parcel of, of just the social, social aspect of anything, any social gathering. Um, that being said, depending on how glib I'm feeling, I, I would say that, you know, like I pointed out that, you know, in pre, in a previous Hugo, uh, ceremony. Jeanette Ing, by her own declaration, said that she sort of made up the, the yeah the, yes. the Campbell speech sort of as as the ceremony was going because she she wasn't sure if she was going to win but she might as well have something uh, yeah. sc- scrawled out and you know not everyone is is possibly as as you know, quick on their feet as uh, Jeanette was right uh, I get it. Uh, but but at the same time, I think to your point, I do agree with you that it is much more telling uh, to me. How much uh, a lot of people have sort of defended the decision or tried to dismiss it. Yeah. Or oh, try yes. to conflate it with, oh, well, you see, now you're, you're, you by, <laughs> by saying that Raytheon shouldn't have been a fucking sponsor and that, you know, and that, you know, Raytheon being a sponsor of a science fiction and fantasy convention fucking sucks. Um, that somehow <laughs> love, you're attacking.
0: No no sorry sorry go ahead go ahead
1: no that somehow you're attacking or harassing the individual uh, yes. participants which maybe there was some of that. I did not see
0: it. I am sorry. <laughs> you might you might make the uh, make the argument that Raytheon is uh, possibly even uh, harassing, being very unkind to, and attacking Yemeni children um, with their various <laughs> bombs and fucking missiles. So so here's here's the okay. So the number one defense that I saw was look, all companies do bad things. Oh, okay, yes, but yes, granted, granted all companies do bad things on, you know, in a variety of different ways, you know, Coca-Cola is, Mm -hmm. you know, arming like paramilitary death squads through subsidiaries and, and, you know, like general mills is, is I'm sure propping up some kind of weird dictatorship at a bunch of places. Granted, granted, but um, none of those places are companies that primarily make
1: missiles.
0: (laughs) Raytheon is literally like, like, uh, like people have this weird view of, um, of warfare where it's like, all the and, and this is this is the result of, of you know PR. All the defense contractors want to appear as if they primarily make the non-missile things. <laughs> they want to so like like if you go to Raytheon's website, there's not a tab that just says like missiles. Although I, I, to be honest, there are there almost there almost is a tab. There you you have to go to like the right Raytheon subsidiary, and then there absolutely will be a tab of, of, of missiles and being like um you know, the, Kurt, the SR3 I'm is
1: I'm sorry, Kurt, but you know you're you're just really painting with a broad brush because they yes. also make Beechcraft aircraft, the yes. private jets. Okay, yeah. I mean, it doesn't that count for some good in the world? It
0: it it counts for ten percent <laughs> of Raytheon's overall revenues are non missile based. Uh, products, but, <laughs> but what oh, about okay. the
1: microwaves, Kurt? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, we, so we, we could probably go down the list of all the different uh, pro- products that have uh, something in them that Raytheon produces yeah. ad infinitum, ad infinitum, and and you know it's still yeah. You're it's, absolutely correct.
0: They yeah, they are the like these are the people. These are the bomb and missile. People. It is primarily what they do is to borrow a phrase from King of the Hill, they make missile and missile accessories, <laughs> is primarily what they do. Now they may not make the explodey part uh of the missile. Like they may not literally make like the warhead part, but all the rest of the missile. <laughs> they make all the rest of the missile. And that's most of what they do. Now, now, granted, the exact sponsor of the Hugos was uh Raytheon. Um, intelligence and space, intelligence and space, which sounds great, right? But mm-hmm. on their own website, they 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 very heavily talk up uh, their um, their. I, th- I think it was the MPS uh, sensor package, which uh, if you if you go onto the the products page of the MPS sensor package, it heavily brags about how it features prominently in, um, I believe it was Hellfire missiles. And, uh, you know what I, I take it back. It's, it's not, it's not Hellfire missiles. It's a different missile. Um, and, uh, Paveway bombs, uh, Paveway laser guided bombs, which is another fine Raytheon products from the good people at Raytheon. Um, and if you do a Google search for like, you know, school bus, uh, Paveway bomb, um, you will not like the results that you get from this Google search. Um, and and this again is primarily what they do. So like like let's just take this notion that like oh they're a they're a big diversified comp yes, they are a big diversified company. Uh Kellogg's is a big diversified company, but 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 this is not an objection to like a corner case. This is like objecting to 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 uh uh frosted flakes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. But um yeah, I, I, I just cannot understand. It's such an easy layup to be like, yeah, you know, and we were at the at the Hugos. It was great, except the part where we found out that Raytheon was a sponsor and that fucking
0: sucked. <laughs> yes. And not just that, like there's literally I mean, uh, like literally like the red carpet pictures where it's like Raytheon. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> y- you know what? You know what? I, uh, again, a lot of people don't know what Raytheon is and they should. They should. But when someone is like, did you know that Raytheon is like the the bomb company that makes all the bombs? I would expect them to be like, oh, fuck, holy shit, and not be like, well. This seems like a complicated situation. I need to learn more about are, are they are, are they good bombs? Are they bombs that help people and heal people instead of well, well do the other know, thing that bombs? Kurt, you know
1: the the thing that uh, the thing that really really keeps a bad person with a
0: missile away yeah. is a good person with a missile. Okay? So if, if you know. missiles are uh, outlawed, only outlaws will have missiles. <laughs>
1: So, you know, uh, but yeah, th- that's your low, your, your friendly uh, neighborhood Raytheon company putting the pew pew into the Hugo Awards. Um, but yeah,
0: it, uh, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, I was just, just like to, like to, yes, to, to belabor the point. It's such fucking hypocrisy for um, people who, who, who will take a, who instantly take a strong principled stance, which, which I often applaud um. Although I sometimes don't, you know, when I disagree about matters of like social justice, but will not take a stand about matters of like f- physical people getting blown up justice. It's like this is this is this is the moment to be like, holy shit, like this is this is it. This was the moment where, you know, you weren't just arguing about You know, who do we permit in the community and how do we talk? This was the bombs and missiles and blood and bones part of the discussion. And a lot of people fucked it up real bad. Oh, that sounds
1: like a great, that sounds like a great novel title, (laughs) a convention of, of bomb and bones. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, it's, I think, I think we've, we've, we've both sort of vented spleen about, uh, yeah, a certain weapons co- uh, company uh, included so i guess we could uh
0: <laughs> we could we can talk about the other parts of the night
1: i guess yeah let's let's talk yeah. about the all the all the other uh works that were apparently the bomb.com dot com <laughs> <Ooh-hoo. laughs> zing all right so um So I think we were all wrong, right? The short story, because we are, in fact, in the darkest timeline, (laughs) Kurt. The short story that won was the one that we did not like, that we liked the
0: least. Well, you know what I have to say? Uh, Most of the ones that I didn't want to win didn't win. So uh, Monkey's Paw uh, gets a point there. (laughs) Um, that, the that one that I didn't the even finger the finger winning. half curled yes yes the yes or it's the middle finger curled the <laughs> one that I didn't even think about about winning was the one that 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 won and y- you know what though I this is the one that I didn't finish and mm-hmm. I didn't go back and read the rest of it either so my I, I, I wasn't I don't expecting you to, to say.
1: and I did not reread it either for for this episode so uh, I, that I guess that's bad I, on me
0: I guess I, I mean oh, okay so like I'll say this about it it is the least obvious gimmick. Like if you hadn't said like, like when you introduced the, you know, metal like blood in the dark to me, you were like, oh, this is, you know, Hansel and Gretel with robots. And if you hadn't said that, I'm kind of a stupid person. So I don't know if, if I would have been (laughs) like, I'm not sure how far in the story I would have gotten before. I was like, oh, this is Hansel and Gretel with robots. So I, I think in terms of like being, um being like a little more low key with its gimmick, and not just like announcing it in in the title or in the first paragraph it's it's a little bit more subtle i i i do think that little free library and the mermaid astronaut were um both better stories and and more deserving mm-hmm. uh of of the candidates um that were put forward so i this is just kind of like like uh, to be honest like I'm not super mad about this one. Like I, I didn't hate it. I just mm-hmm. disliked it enough that I didn't finish it and it was kind of long. So, you know, if this had been a thousand or a 2000 word story, I, I I probably would have finished it and would have been in like the middle of the pack for me. I imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, and, and I have, I don't know if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but I think that the, the one thing that seemed a little, perhaps this is, a little bit more inside baseball, uh, but it seemed a little unfair. Mainly because this is a story that came out in Uncanny Magazine, whose uh, who, whenever they have an open call, their hard limit for uh, for unsolicited slush, right? So, so if you send in a story and you're not anyone that Uncanny has asked to write them a story, you get a a hard limit of six thousand words. This is a story that was solicited that therefore, you know, is 7,000 something words long. Gotcha. Yeah. I, it, well, I, I don't know that a hundred percent, but I'm going to go by the fact that this was probably very likely a solicited story. So, you know, that that's one thing that uh, sort of made me it's not a ding against the story itself. It's just something that is a complicating factor after the fact of me Mm -hmm. reading it and going like, this is a 7,000 word story about Hansel and Gretel, but robots.
0: I I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting though, because it it is, it is really one of two. um, uh, I guess, I guess the mermaid astronaut is sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's sci-fi, but it, it was probably the most straightforwardly, you know, like older style, what we might call sci-fi in like two thousand five type well, I mean, story, yeah. which is interesting. And I, I mean, I, that I don't one, know if that means anything, but
1: I mean, that one came out in one of the uh, Beneath Cease the Sky's, uh science fantasy um, special issues.
0: Gotcha, uh, gotcha.
1: Which uh, I think he uh, Scott Andrews, the editor, runs it. I think it's biannually, so every two years he he'll he'll open up or he'll fill up a a a an issue with just science fantasy stories. Um, some of them are really cool. You know, it's, it, you know, that, that, that is an, in, an interesting thing. And it's sort of funny because I think, um, it, it just started on a whim, uh, one day where he, he received a story that was science fantasy. Uh, and he was like, no, I got to buy this, but it's got, it's not secondary world fantasy as I, and so he, that's how the, the, the whole thing started. So he's been doing that for I want to say at least five years, or no, I'm sorry, not five years. Probably, uh, maybe eight years, something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I'd yeah. have to check. Anyway, so we, we can move on. We to, talked about
0: that one to to death. So go listen to the other episode if you want to hear our yes, thoughts. yes, uh, please more do. about short stories. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the short stories. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, dead to me.
1: Um, best novelette. So uh, this is the one that i i uh I chose the one that did win, which is two truths and a lie um we all wanted <laughs> helicopter story to win, but uh this is the one that won
0: it it would have been a I, I don't I don't know how I would be able to bear the irony between this and I'm not the first person to remark this this was said many times on twitter but the the mm-hmm. I, the irony of the Raytheon scandal and you know a <laughs> piece like helicopter story winning i i don't know that i would have been able to physically bear that however i do i i do still wish that it it had won um yes
1: i i also wish that it had won but also given the, like i think i wished it had won until i found out that raytheon was a sponsor and yes I was like, it would have been oh a, what a good thing that it yeah. didn't win
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah so i i had not read Uh, any of the novelettes. And I sat down earlier today and I read two truths and a lie. Um, And I liked it a lot. Honestly, there were parts that I liked less. Um, I'll just be totally honest. I feel like, I feel like the, uh, so two truths and a lie is basically about um, a woman who is visiting home and she's helping a a classmate from school um, that she kind of lost touch with, clean out the house of her hoarder, uh, of his hoarder brother who has passed away, and they she comes across and then starts remembering gradually this this uh, like sp- haunted slash spooky slash un unnatural children's show um that apparently everyone else but her r- remembers and it kind of goes through this this whole thing um I liked it when it was functioning as weird fiction. I thought that the part about like the the cursed media of her like trying to track down this show. Uh, And like the the host who would kind of almost deliver like, I I guess, you know, spoilers if you care. But he kind of he almost he he would tell stories that essentially became prophecies for the children who who were appearing on the children's TV show. I liked all that. Um, A lot of the stuff around it I didn't think was was as successful. And then it kind of ends in a non. um it feels, it feels like it should have leaned more into be into being a weird fiction slash horror story. And it feels like it, it, it wanted to be a weird fiction slash fantasy story. And I, and I think that that made it a lesser story to, to, to me. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Like um, I, I think we had been sort of chatting back and forth offline um, before we started recording and uh, sort of, I felt that the, that the, hoarder aspect of it was it almost feels a little bit like it was added almost after the fact, or yeah. it was like an outer layer that somehow uh i don't know got added or in revisions or something it it doesn't i don't i think you're absolutely correct that it doesn't feel like it connects as strongly to the central conceit, which is a i mean I love. I love cursed media,
0: like I know Ringu. you send me fucking links to it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say
1: something mean, but no. Uh, uh, anyway, yes, <laughs> this is true. Uh, but but like Ringu, like uh, repair of rep- repar- uh repair of reputations, yeah. uh, th- that type of thing. I'll eat that shit up. A, a, a cursed or a haunted videotape. Give me that, you know, a book that turns you mad as you read it or you know as you start I don't know bleeding through to another dimension, inject that shit into my veins. I want that. Um
0: you've watched Deadwax, right? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. I okay, okay, good cuz that's 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 my favorite example of that. But yes, I mean, yes, I, I agree. I Dead Deadwax
1: really like I think we had talked about this before too. That Deadwax really gets to the 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 core of exactly why that works for me, um, and it's basically you get these fucking freaks that are just like obsessed about this this very niche thing.
0: <laughs> they right? want to touch the poop. They want to touch they, the cosmic yes. poop. They're like, I. They're like, it, it's it's it's. I want the haunted thing that will kill me, but you shouldn't have it. Oh, but I want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, no.
1: See, I, I'm going to put in mylar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'll protect me yeah. it's like
1: uh, yeah and, sure it and, and,
0: and you're right all of that worked and whereas whereas to use that example of like re, like ringu or Deadwax, like those all lean into the horror things yeah like at the last second this kind of like pulls back and mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't follow through with, with, with what feels like a really good horror premise which is a mm-hmm. bummer to me
1: yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's um There's an old uh, Stephen King uh, essay where he talks about like horror is having a, having a weird dream or a a vision where you're being led down a hallway and there's a a body covered with a sheet uh, and you, you, you know, who's under the sheet, you know, who you're going to see under the sheet, but you need to uncover it to know. You need to know. Yeah, there you go. And so this this story feels like it gets right there, and then you know, well, no, you put another little sheet on top of it with, with yeah. flowers. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm that's not that doesn't sound nice, but but it, it sort of dissipates the the sort of creepiness, yeah, and the I, weirdness of it.
0: I didn't get like, oh, okay, like I get the ending, and it would be a good ending if this were like like flash fiction or something. I think like it it was it, it was it was good visuals. Mm-hmm. um honestly but it built up so much like horror potential potential like potential horror energy around like the host who is this like this off-putting it, in my head i was basically imagining like anton Levey hosting a children's show with his weird, weird. fucked up little beard and, uh, and, and like black turtleneck uh, you, and stuff
1: you know you know who i imagined a completely disheveled emo phillips
0: Yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like this, this fucked up weirdo who seems both pained by what he's doing and also kind of delights in it, and gets pissed off when the kids, you know, push back against him. And then there's really no denouement for a lot of that horror. Like that, that doesn't really go anywhere. The relationship between the hoarder um, and his brother, which is implied in this like very ambiguous way where it's like, like the, the brother has the older brother, like rejects his younger brother and kind of retreats and then doesn't even mention him anymore. It feels like there's some kind of a mystery there that is like ominous. Um, and then it's just kind of like, and then, and then she went away for a while to feel better later. It, it, it's, it's written in like in an ominous way, uh way that was cool, but it just didn't, yeah, as you say, it it dissipates, which 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 I know that you mentioned that uh Sarah Pinsker, this particular author, you know, doesn't doesn't really care for writing horror. I think that's a shame because I I think I think she, they, she, I think um mm -hmm. uh would would be a terrific horror writer. And I think that this would have really shined as a horror Mm -hmm. story with maybe some of the some of the fantasy elements trimmed out of it or at least shortened. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Um, so then, uh, best novella, uh, the Empress of salt and fortune. And again, forgive me. I am not entirely sure. I think it's Nivo, uh, or maybe I mispronounced that too. I don't know. Um, so please forgive me if I mispronounced it. I did not absolutely check that. Um so uh I I will full disclosure, I did not finish this, uh not because of any particular uh issue necessarily, just simply I just did not have enough time. Uh and uh I mean I, I got a little bit into it. it. It's I think uh you and I had both uh I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know that I struggled a little bit to get into this. Mm-hmm. But once um once you get past uh, the the initial sort of setup this becomes like a uh you know at the very least it looks like it it develops into we're telling stories about the old empress uh of the title uh around a, you know like a fire or dinner or whatever inside you know a hut okay um and that i think works much better than the opening
0: Um, okay. Yeah. So that, that, that actually sounds really interesting. And I might, I might either, you know, skip ahead or read on because this, the opening to the, so I read the first 15 pages or so. I didn't, I didn't get very far and I did it right before the episode. So I don't have a strong opinion. I don't want to pass judgment on it, but it, it felt like the beginning to a YA novel. And so I was kind of dreading where it was going it it, mm-hmm. it opens in that kind of like in media res and it's like oh someone's going to catch you we need to hide oh we need to go back to the place you know where that is safe and i was expecting i was expecting like a hero's journey to begin any moment and someone to come in and you know kill somebody's family member and then and then the main character to have to go off and and face their destiny or something and so i am I'm, I'm glad to hear that that is not the case because The setting interested me, but yeah, to your point, the, the the intro, what I read, really did not feel like it was introducing me to the setting. It felt like it was just kind of telling me things, and I really was having a hard time putting them together.
1: Yeah. Uh, you you the way you described that I was I was chuckling to myself because it I suddenly had an image of like this is just like uh, the novelization of the like the first couple of pages is just like the beginning of uh, Ninja Scroll <laughs> like the, the the prologue where he's like crossing the bridge is like a storm is coming he throws up the rice cake and just like fucking runs <laughs> yes anyway uh, but yeah I I, I may uh, continue reading uh, the Empress of Salt and Fortune uh, once this is done. Um, I don't like. I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing, which is I don't yet have a very strong opinion about it. But um, you know, after an initial sort of uh, sort of needing to push through, which is not, I I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, or it just required me to sort of adjust yeah, to that's, the story. That's,
0: that's not always a bad thing, too. To be yeah. clear, one of my favorite novels. Is uh, the the Quantum Thief um, mm-hmm. by Hanu Ran- Yemi, I think his name is, um, and it is it is very much a it, it is it is a novel that refuses to tell you anything about the setting. It doesn't explain anything. You just have to figure out what's going on. And it was like seventy pages, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it's cool. So like, I, I'm certainly <laughs> not opposed to like, I I certainly don't expect stories to start with you know eight hundred years ago in you know, the land of, of red mountains, this, you know, there, there was a prophecy that like, I certainly don't expect that in every book. So that's not always a bad thing. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is, there, there is some uh, to your point, I do think that there is something to a story uh, novel novella in this case, that gives you a little bit of a a, a taste of, you know, what exactly it's about or, or the, the, the technique it's trying to use, or the structure it's trying to use, or something to that effect—that mm-hmm. sort of—if I do think it's it's a little bit of a uh, you know maybe not high risk, but it is a risky maneuver that may not be rewarding. <laughs> uh, but but it tells you right away: is this a book for me?
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, from one thing I want to mention, and I I said I wasn't going to, but I I actually feel you know more more confident in, in this in this statement is from an editing point of view, I, I didn't think that I I had a lot of trouble with um the the readability at times because of the way that uh, action was was tagged with um pronouns, given that the main character uses uh they them pronoun uh, uh chi. I, I think, or a chia. I'm I'm not really sure how it's pronounced. Uh, uses they, them pronouns, and there would be paragraphs in which it 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 wouldn't use anybody's name. It would just be saying them or their, um, and it it would it would go back and forth between ref, between them referring to like multiple people, uh, or just referring to the protagonist. And I, I found it really confusing at times to read the paragraphs just because of that. And and mm-hmm. I, I I am someone who. You know, believes and has believed very strongly in they them pronouns for a really long time. Um, but I think from an editing point of view, there were readability issues that I had in that that opening. Um, yeah. Just because well, like it, it, it was it was not specific enough. And I would have the exact same problem if it were, you know, like multiple people who used she her and it just said she 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 so
1: right right i mean I, I think and to contextualize this um she or she or or however you pronounce the character's name they're also being accompanied by a hoopo or hoopoe bird uh, some sort of bird um so so when they're referring to they walked along the pathway there is, like you said, I do think that there is a slight pause in my mind where I'm like trying to think. Well, are they talking about chi or both of them together? Yeah, and there there is some issue with clarity uh, sometimes because it, it 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 doesn't necessarily, um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily tell you whether it's the collective they or the singular they.
0: Yeah, and- I I would have just and it's it's as easy as just saying you know when you know when she had come this way that morning instead of mm-hmm. a, and then the next time when you say you know when when you say they you know that you're talking about chi that's saying so anyway
1: yeah 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 anyway, um so uh how well and we had we had um actually won I know that I had wanted ring shout to to win uh it was the empress of and fortune um I don't remember. Actually, no, my mistake. I think I had said that I wanted Rin- Ring shout to win and Riot Baby would win. I was far off the mark. Um, I don't remember what your prediction was, but I said uh,
0: Ring shout, but not not for any intelligent reason.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> P. Jelly Clark is, yes. is cool as shit. Yes, that's I like it, yes. I like
0: P. Jelly Clark, and that's that's the main reason. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um,
1: all right. So let's uh, move on to best novel, uh, which the winner was Network Effect by Martha Wells. And this is um, so this is an interesting one because uh, I did try to read it uh, without, uh, again, full disclosure, I, I did not finish reading Network Effect. Um, I did not also read any of the previous uh, Murderbot uh, novellas. Uh, so I was going in cold just to see you know how it would work. And I don't know that it does. <laughs> First off, uh, you know, that that's not a, a judgment against the novel itself or, or you know the the content within. I just think that it seems to it seems to be a part of the previous uh series and I don't know I don't know if honestly speaking it should have been a novel uh, domination because it isn't really, it should have been a series uh, or part of a series.
0: It was, I mean, didn't, I I mean, uh, the Murderbot Diaries series did win best series. So, Mm -hmm. so it was, it's kind of moot.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, but that's, that's the thing that's sort of, uh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. But I mean, it's also one of the things that's sort of like breaking my brain a little bit right now, just looking at that and going like, well, okay, but this is like a, a, this is like a continuation and it's not, it's not a standalone novel uh, and it's sort of, well, I don't know. The relentless moon is probably in that uh, uh, calculated stars or whatever uh, uh, setting that Mary Robin at call has. But I think that all the, well, no, Harold of the ninth is a a sequel shit. Well, maybe, maybe not so much, but like it, it is sort of weird to then get these sequels in that I don't know if they work as their own thing. I
0: didn't have an issue with it and I didn't read that, that far into it, but it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I felt, excuse me. um, I felt like uh, the, uh, the, the introduction did a fine job personally of kind of introducing me into the characters and the setting. I, I, I didn't have a, but personally, I'm sure that I would have been more invested in the characters Mm -hmm. had I read the other books, but I thought it did an okay job. Um, It, you know, I would liken it to picking up like a random Discworld book, where it's like you get a lot more stuff. I'm sure if you read them in order, but I never had a big issue, you know, just getting them as I came across them. To be perfectly honest, I mean,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm maybe, um, uh, part of it is that I bounced hard off the beginning of this, and in part because the way, you know, I I did not really get too far into this at all. Uh, in part because. There is a lot of sort of real estate right at the beginning where it's a lot of parentheticals to sort of contextualize a lot of stuff and immediately let me know that somehow, you know, either the story is starting at, at the wrong place or I am, I am not up to speed with the story. And that's, I mean, that's the takeaway I got.
0: I, I felt like, th- so, so I don't know what the book is about. I read the first 10 pages or so. So this is not again this is not an informed uh, opinion um I got the impression that uh it was going out of its way to use a lot of the parentheticals to give you that backstory of kind of like it, mm-hmm. it's it's so network effect is about um uh, i don't know what the murder bot's name is but it is about a murder bot combat robot assassin robot i guess um who is in some kind of a low to mid mid-tech level sci-fi setting it seems like um and is kind of a a freelance operator is my is my understanding who has kind of a and an acerbic slash jokey uh wit kind of along the lines maybe of uh hk47 or whatever they're called from from kotor or you know scud the disposable assassin or something along that lines and um and so it's narrated in the first person. And it, you get a lot of that kind of humor of like, this is a, this is a reference that's just for me, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. If anyone's read like the 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 bastard operator from hell stories from, you know, 1996 that used to be posted online that are about like a sysadmin who torments the people uh, on the computer network he administers. It's kind of a similar tone where it will be like, you know the potential target did this this and like potential target is in capital p capital t and kind of there's a humor to be derived from the juxtaposition of the kind of like clinical uh military terms much like you know I'm did in the opening or in a bunch of junks about you know tactically assessing stuff and so on and the the kind of jokier tone of of the narrator um and i felt like it was using that to kind of simultaneously feed in you feed you kind of like backstory that Mm -hmm. that worked for me that said um and this is just this is partly just a factor of me being almost 40 at this point and having read a lot of you know comedic sci-fi and comedic fantasy there's a lot of this that feels well done but that i've seen before and so i think i think if i hadn't been reading you know slightly jokey sci-fi for you know 30 on years at this point I would probably love these, um, but for me, it was just kind of like jokes. It was it was a style of humor that I I got tired of ten years ago, and I I that sounds really nasty, but I don't I don't really mean it that way. It's just I I just I just didn't it just it just wasn't funny for me just due to over-familiarity. It would be like seeing a show that was doing Monty Python humor in 2021 and kind of redoing the style of humor. It it, it wouldn't be funny to me because I've already you know. I've laughed at those jokes already essentially. Right. That's kind of how, well, I mean, how I felt I think, about these.
1: I think that the I think that that's my disconnected as well because part of it is that I also know that this is supposed to be funny. And again, I mean I it, it may sound mean to some but I it's just it's just a I don't know how me saying I didn't find something funny <laughs> yeah. is mean. It's just yeah. simply a subjective thing, right? Um and this felt uh you know um a bit more sensible chuckle than you know just guffaws or anything like yes. that. Yes. And so you
0: yeah, know, I'm sure. I need really to, fucked up humor. <laughs> I, I really need I really need slightly more messed up humor now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, maybe, I'm maybe I'm warped, but yeah, like this, this did not really work as real. Uh, like I could, I could see how some people might find
0: it comedic, but <laughs> it's impossible to say it without sounding like a fucking asshole, isn't it? Like, I know. I don't yeah. know. I, I, yes. I, I, I agree with you completely though. I, I, I just didn't find it funny. I think I could find it funny if, and I don't blame anybody for, for finding it funny. It probably is funny. It just wasn't funny for me. yes yes exactly right it was um uh what's that uh what's that band that sounds exactly like led zeppelin uh greta van fleet or whatever it's 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 like it's like greta van fleet like if you didn't grow up listening to led zeppelin i'm sure that greta van fleet is wonderful um but if you did you're like this just sounds like like led zeppelin (laughs) and and this this to me sounded um uh this to me reminded me a lot of um something that might be like one chapter in a Douglas Adams novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, like there, there are kind of like standalone chapters where it might follow like Ford prefect as he's dealing with like office politics before he escapes the guide offices and goes back out to the galaxy. And it has that kind of tone where it's like, it's, I I don't know how to put it exactly. It's like, it's kind of like a, it's like a sensible chuckle tone. Um, And, (laughs) and I want, I typically want more, more than there's a style of humor that is funny the first time that you hear it. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's something like, you know, Sean baby or like you know, the, the, the shitting fuck hats, you know, type humor from like the oh, early yeah. internet. And there's a lot of people for who haven't, who didn't spend their whole life hearing that. And so that's still funny to them. And, and this is, right. this is kind of another version of that where it's like, yeah it's it's it just it just didn't i don't know it just didn't do yeah, it yeah it's me.
1: it's 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 sort of like the disconnect that i have now where i can remember it thinking i laughed so hard that i was doubled over and my stomach hurt from just reading titles of of you know whatever the Vogon poetry was, right? Yeah. And exactly. now I, I can I can read it now and go like, oh yeah, I remember thinking That's the kind that was of really funny. funny. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so like like I I'm not really judging. I yeah. I, I don't think either of us are judging this book and being like, this is this isn't funny. Do better. Like it's it's just that it's it's just <laughs> You're that it's cancel for not being funny. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's just that for us it's it's well trodden it's well trod territory. That said it was it was pretty well written although um, and part of this might be trying to catch up the, the the reader. It felt very action description heavy to me in a way that I, yes. I don't care for. I much yes. prefer to elide action instead of being like, I was moving at 25 meters per second, you know, 13 feet above the surface of the ocean. Oh God. And I was accompanied <laughs> by 35 people who were positioned here, 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 and here and here. Uh, we were overseen by the captain who was set, it, like that. That stuff to me is just just jump over that, please. So. <laughs> that that was unnecessary to me. At the same time, I recognize that that's 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 probably almost certainly an attempt to convey like the mechanical perception of the narrator as being aware of all of these things. But for me, I I did not care to read it or to be aware of it. Let the robot do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I. I I think my my main issue is that the uh, the that all the parentheticals just disrupted the flow. Mm-hmm. And I could I could deal with like yeah, you're absolutely correct. It was like sort of like a a textual description. This is going to sound bad, but but it's the 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 analogy that that is ready at hand for me. It's like reading a textual description of uh when the DM in your D&D game puts everything on the grid. Yes. And and somehow you have to then well and they were five feet away and then th- th- this this happened and, and you're like, okay. Um where there I, was I a surly
0: bard with a dragon tattoo upon his arm. <laughs> he looks at you and nods. You know, yes. Yeah. He was he
1: he was exactly one step away from you. <laughs> you know, He's it.
0: two levels ahead of you and he has a free action.
1: <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> oh, no. Uh so anyway, um, you know, I, I, I Kudos to Martha Wells for for apparently coming back from basically not writing for a long time to win apparently a string of awards for her Murderbot novels. I'm I, not entirely sure if they're for me though.
0: Yeah, I I bet this is real fun to write though. I bet I bet if I were writing this, I would be having a fucking blast. So like, mm-hmm. I don't want to come down on Martha Wells and be like, this is schlock. But at the same at the same time again i i understand this is the part where i mean again this i i understand why it won and i understand why it appeals to the voter uh but this is very much like me you know in, in some of the hugo uh years and in, in in the past where i would look at the winner and be, and you know scope it out and be like i don't want to read this and then i'd look at one of the one of the ones that lost it and be like ooh what's this um <laughs> this is this is very much uh one of those scenarios where even even a number of years ago this wouldn't have done anything for me and i think i would have bounced off of it um mm-hmm. and i would be much more interested in something more more experimental or or stranger um and i don't this is this is where you know i'm going to transition a little bit into like here's my my soap well i say sober uh so you know judgment of the hugos is i don't think that the hugos For good or for ill, and I certainly, for me, it's for ill. I don't think they are designed at this point to surface, you know, weird, challenging stuff. I think they're designed to surface crowd pleasers. And I think that's kind of exactly what they're doing. Um, And so that's kind of what you're going to get. So.
1: I guess I mean that I I suppose we've we've gotten to the end point of what the what the Hugo's are, and I mean I I've said it maybe it may sound backhanded, but really the Hugo's are really sort of like a a people's choice awards, yeah, you know, and and that's perfectly fine. I I, I don't have I, I don't have any particular beef with that. It's just that sometimes you know it's going to produce winners that are not for me.
0: You know, I, and- I, I sorry, go ahead. I got you. Off no, and,
1: and like I, I was just re- reminded that yeah, I think we had all wanted Piranesi, Piranesi to win, but and I even I, I remember I had even uh, declared that uh, the city we became would win, but apparently network effect was the one. Um, so, uh, uh, boy, do I have a bunch of egg on my face.
0: I do uh, kind of want. I, 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 I almost wonder if we're pivoting more back into like a uh, this 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 year reading through it with, with some exceptions um, feels much more of that kind of like <laughs> almost like a geek modern sort of, it almost feels like geek is coming back. Do you remember when geek was huge in like mm-hmm. 2004 to 2010? It was like, well, I'm a geek, capital G geek. I'm not a nerd. I'm a geek. And it was like a big, it was a big thing. And it became this whole aesthetic that, and then, you know, Epic Bacon is kind of like a degenerate offspring of, of geek. Uh, it, it, But, but I'm thinking of like, you know, thinkgeek.com and slash dot and the the kind of John Scalzi uh set which I don't really care for I you know what, what we don't need to get into that right now but th- it almost felt like it was heading back in that direction and I looking I said I wasn't going to going talk about the ballots but now I'm going to um the ballots that I did pay attention to were for uh novelette um because Helicopter story received, I believe far and away the most first the most first place picks among people's mm-hmm. uh, ballots because the Hugos used essentially like a ranked choice runoff system. Um, and it was in the lead until like the the fourth round, I think, when um, Two Truths and a Lie uh, passed it, meaning essentially like more people had, significantly more people had Helicopter Story as their first pick. Um, but but uh, other than the people who had it as as their first pick it tended to be quite low whereas it seems like uh two truths and a lie had was some people's first pick but it was a lot of people's like second and third picks and so as other things were eliminated it it eventually popped up and i do kind of wonder if and to be clear those changes were introduced in part to prevent the kind of ballot um ballot run efforts by like the sad and and angry puppies and i do kind of wonder if that has even more so solidified the tendency of picking like a general crowd favorite and i don't know how i feel about that because i kind of like i kind of like the big swings i might be interested in looking at the other one like how the other categories uh played out because i kind of like the idea of like a thing that you know has a diehard fan base that that they really love it. Even if sometimes I really hate what they really love, because I do think you're going to get more weird swings as opposed to things that are generally popular.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's bring a little bit more chaos energy to the Hugo ballot. Uh, how about that?
0: Yeah. Random, <laughs> yeah. randomized choice voting where, uh, <laughs> once per round a, a random tactical, uh, strike by our good friends at Raytheon, um, Conference solutions uh eliminates one, one of the, one of the one of the nominees. for <laughs> these stories? To be clear, yes, yes,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I I don't know. It's 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 um it's definitely something to to think about. Uh, and and especially because it was a grand total of what fifteen about fifteen hundred ballot uh votes all told. For most, at least yeah, in Ravelette and for most of them as well. For,
0: for yeah, for most of them was about was was about that. Uh, when you get down to the smaller categories, they're uh, yeah, they're you know smaller, but not that much smaller, and they're they're still in uh, like around a thousand six hundred to a thousand, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Right, and and I I would, I don't know if the data is there, but I I would. I would guess that there's... See, this is the thing. Uh, I know that... um, So the the big split, supposedly, between the Nebulas and the Hugos is that the Nebulas are sort of writers choosing other writers' Mm -hmm. works, right? But given the amount of writers that go and and on their own dime go to the the Hugos, uh, and given the fact that you can only uh vote for uh what's on the ballot if you are a Hugo member. Uh and that includes the uh, the the $50 or the $80. I forget what the what the smallest um like the contributing member, whatever it's called, uh is like $50 or $80 depending on you know whenever you you decide to buy in. Uh it it's basically whoever's at the Hugos is very likely somebody that's voted. And a lot of them are writers. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are some fan because obviously from the other um, other categories, there are some fan stuff, you know, and and uh, fan artists and fan writers and best related and whatever, whatever. But but there's a lot of writers. Uh, I I can pretty much I I don't know because I I mean I was there physically, but I I didn't like take a tally or anything like that. But it's very likely that there are other writers choosing writers stuff. Uh, So this might simply be like the the moment when other writers, you know, um, instead of going to the nebulas and, you know, quote, eating their vegetables, this is where they get to vote for their sort of, quote, guilty
0: pleasure. Yeah, which is which is interesting, which is funny. Uh, Yeah, 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 I I mean,
1: I, I don't know if that's if that's as true as I'd like to think it is, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt but it is something to think about
0: agreed um i will say that uh you know having scrutinized this more closely than i scrutinized any hugo well this is the most i've ever scrutinized you know the 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 hugos as as owing to you know doing a science fiction and fantasy podcast but uh you know i'm definitely not going to be returning to paying close attention to them for selecting what books uh to read. Um I'm much more likely <laughs> for you, to for just, you personally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To I I would which is like that's that used to be like what I did was I would look and see, oh, who's on the ballot, what sounds cool, and I would read that. Um now I just kind of look at Twitter. Uh the thing I'm most looking forward to right now is uh Manhunt by uh Gretcher Falker Martin.
1: Gretchen Felker Martin Yeah yep.
0: um which which I read an excerpt on tour.com and it was fucking great. So I'm really excited. Uh speaking of you know being fucking great. It was one of the first things I've read in a while um, that that used uh, profanity in a way that felt like the way that someone would actually say profanity, and that that it that alone blew me away. So I'm very excited for that novel.
1: Yes, there were no sighting. Uh, there there were no sightings in that uh, sample chapter of you know shitting uh, fuck, fuck waffles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. No flumpity foos or anything of the sort. Uh, no, thank you. Fuck that. Yes, I, and, and to be fair, I, I I also read the the excerpt and humor humor in the way that natural people f- you know fuck around with each other and yes. joke around even in horrible situations. Uh just great. I, I uh, yes, I'm very excited to read this. And it's horny.
0: It's horny. We need that. Yes, we need horny books. Not. Just because that's a thing that people do. Some people, not all people. Some people, some people, many people get horny about things, and it's good to see that in books. <laughs> yes, bring
1: bring back books For that reasons. make people's make people's heads turn into wolves and go awuga.
0: Yeah, you know, or, or, or you that. know what? Sometimes it's just interesting to see what makes other people go wooga.
1: Uh, also also yes yes i mean it, it's instructive at the very least it also is part of just everyday life and even if you personally do not partake it is fine uh it is not a challenge it should not be viewed as some sort of uh weird threat to you uh you know it, it goes both ways i suppose anyway um so i think that's uh all we're going to cover tonight I'm not gonna bother with any of the other uh I think we'd already talk, yeah, talked about I don't about. I don't have an informed we, opinion on any of them. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't have any informed opinions about any of the other stuff. Um that requires way too much work. Uh and this is this is a podcast. No thank you. <laughs> um all right, well, uh, Kurt, thanks again for coming on and uh, t- talking some some Hugo predictions and Hugo results with me. Um, so uh, obviously you've been on here a bunch. I'm sure <laughs> that our regulars already know, but for anyone out there, including perhaps even Hugo winners who might be listening in to see what nice or not so nice things we might have said about them. Uh, and they wanna know where they can find your stuff where would they find it?
0: Bloodknife.com. And also, go read the excerpt from Manhunt uh, on tour.com because it's great. Absolutely,
1: yes. All right. Uh, well, thanks again, folks, for listening in, and we'll catch you next time on PotSide.